Been looking forward to this for some time. A little study of the book of Nehemiah. The servant of Nehemiah, that is. You know, he's been very special to me. And now as we're getting to these last days, why Nehemiah is actually a really beautiful, beautiful study. And so it's going to be a lovely undertaking wherever you may be. If If you can catch it live, that's great. If you watch it on the Rewind, that's great too. In their live, there will be an option to post comments, and I'd certainly like to have that engagement, the portion. You're able to put your comments in, what the Lord has been providing for you in in light of the portion, you know. There's there's just so many ways. What what does it say? The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, right? And so it's a living word from him and the Holy Spirit can use it. And so what I may be able to glean from it may be a little different than you, but it's all common, common thoughts of him. And with that, sometimes I love it when someone brings something forth and I go, aha, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So yeah, drop comments in on the side, on the chats, both YouTube and Facebook as uh, we go along here. And I look forward to uh, chatting together as we go through on this. Uh, So this is Nehemiah, and last book of the historical account in the Old Testament. And so it's going to have a very relevant, very relevant thing for today, in today's living. And so I'd like to share a few things about Nehemiah as we go along, take it portion by portion. Um... There's a couple things if you're taking notes, and certainly I've got my Bible in front of me that has lots of notes, but I've noted a couple things from gleaned from others that as you go through here, be interesting exercise to a little challenge as we work together is to find out how many times the word wall is is given in this book. And then the other word would be gates. And if you've got little hash marks going on in your notes, why well, you'll find hash marks that you want to take for the wall, for the word wall and the word gates. In fact, I think maybe at the end of each chapter, we can do a little tally of those words. Another word that would be nice to look at too, or at least when Nehemiah is a man of prayer. And so it'd be nice to see, and I, in my recollection of the word of God, I don't know how many people are praying as uh, written down, that is, constantly of prayer, the recorded word. So he's a man of prayer, and so taking down the number of times that he prays as well. So those are just a couple quick things for those just joining. Let's take, if you can give me a a number of how many times the word wall is in each chapter and, and the word gates is in each chapter, and let's talk about how much he's praying. The first chapter is lovely and concise and short, but I'm just going to read just a little bit here. It says, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hananiah, Hanani, one of the brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them, Concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. 
And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Well, this book comes right out of the gate and it's an amazing thing, isn't it? To see Nehemiah was sitting there as a cupbearer and he was serving the king as a cupbearer. And you could say that as we go through here, we can see that Nehemiah was thinking about his brethren. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to think about our brethren and to consider consider how they're doing. And word came from afar from his own brother. Apparently this was his own brother, his own natural brother that showed up and, and gave him this report. But, you know, he's sitting there for whatever reason, he wasn't part of uh, the, the, the group that went back, just to give us a perspective. Some years before, 20, 30, 40 years before, 50 years, I don't have all the dates down in my head, why there was the call to go out and, and say, come out of Babylon, or now the per, uh, Persians were, were in, in, the, in the house here, <laughs> rolling, running the things. Remember, God had turned over the, the power of the world to the Gentiles, right? And the Babylonians were first up, and then the Babylonian Empire came down, and then next we had, next we had the Persian Empire. And so I believe he's in the Persian Empire. You find Esther in the Persian Empire as well. And so he's sitting there in the Persian Empire, and there had been those that had gone before and had gone back to establish God's center on earth. And in, in establishing God's center on earth, they had done so. We can read that in the first part of Ezra. And obviously they wanted to get the altar built, and that altar hadn't been built. Remember, the land had laid dormant for 70 years. And so they wanted to get the altar built, and they wanted to get the temple built as well. And so that's the perspective that we are. So there had been some decades that had gone past, and Nehemiah is serving in the court, and he's asking about his brethren. And it says in verse 3, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. The sad thing is, is the fact is, is that these ones had gone back to have a, to, to, to establish to establish this center. And then as years had gone on, they're in, it says in great distress and reproach. And reproach is an interesting word. It's worthy of looking up. I don't have a clear definition on it, but I believe in Psalm 69, you can have the, the prefigures of the Lord Jesus. He, reproach hath broken my heart, right? Reproach is a real thing. And so that is, that is something here that there is in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. And so, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast here, gates is going to be mentioned many times. And this is one of them. Actually, I'll just give you the answers. Supposedly, it's been mentioned 30 times in the book, and I'd like to know where these are. So there's, there's where gates is. And also walls can be mentioned 31 times as well. So as we take our tally coming down through each chapter, that is the wall of Jerusalem. There's one and, and the gates are burned with fire. So the gates and the walls had not been built. And why is it important to have gates and walls? 
It's because it can separate the holy from the profane, and it can be it can separate and guard against invaders coming from outside. We're going to roll through Nehemiah, and we'll catch more of this as we go along. So what does it say here in verse 4? It says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. Now, this is an interesting thing. We find uh, Daniel, he had served earlier in the Roman, or I'm sorry, in the um, Babylonian Empire, and we knew that he was a man of prayer, right? He prayed three times a day. And so this, he says he mourned and wept and prayed for many days. I was listening to a meeting yesterday by a brother who does a calculation. And the calculation apparently between here and where we're going to get to here, the early part of chapter two, is this might have been a period of four months or five months. And I think that's a wonderful thing to get a perspective of. It says many days. And so for four or five months, he's praying and fasting before the God of heaven. And it's important to see that. It's one thing to pray and fast and be on our own misery, if you will. But it's another thing to pray before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the words, maybe hear the, the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you have commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are faithful, you are unfaithful, and I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens, Yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Well, a couple things here <clears throat> when we see this, when we see a prayer. It's always interesting to analyze a prayer, right? Um, there are those, <clears throat> the prayers that we can, we can read about from the greats, whether Moses was praying. Uh, Daniel, we recognize Daniel too. He did the same thing. Confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. He confessed it not only for his sins, but his, his people's sins. And then also we have as well, what other prayers do we have in scripture? Just looking at this one right here, he brings out, I just want to just briefly highlight this here in verse in verse 5. He acknowledges God's promises beforehand, right? He, he, he acknowledges he, who he is, first of all. He acknowledges who he is. And you can read the Psalms and catch that too, right? He, he acknowledges the, uh, in the Psalms who God is. And so I love it, our dear brother Mike. Mike, if you're listening, I'm going to use your, use your thing. What, what, what do you say? And you, you no doubt picked it up. Praise before petitions. That's what you say. Praise before petitions, and it's good to be able to praise him for who he is right out of the gate. And there, there you go. This is this this prayer that we're analyzing here from Nehemiah 
is exactly that. He, he gives full praise of who God is. And then he confesses the sins of the, the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. So he concludes himself, and it's very important to see that, to include oneself. And then he talks about, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments of statutes. You know, it's so easy. And you can look at Nehemiah, right? <clears throat> Nehemiah, he, he, I'm assuming he wasn't born before the 70 years. So he's a younger man here. Is There were sins of his fathers that he's bringing before God, but including himself in it. Isn't that a beautiful thing? He's bringing the sins of his fathers and his own, even though Nehemiah didn't have, if you could say it this way, positionally, anything that brought him to this point. In other words, he didn't sin against God back in back in Judah to get carried away because Nehemiah is sitting here much, much later, and he wouldn't have been that that old. And so it's something to see how he's identifying with his forefathers and owning it as his own as well, okay? And so that is what is beautiful about this, that he's bringing that all together. And then he recounts God's commandment. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, through though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heaven, yet will I gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen there is a place, let me just highlight that, there is a place where he has chosen. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And today, there is still a place which he has chosen too. This is very, very important as we walk through here that Nehemiah got a hold of this and he recognizes there is a place which he has chosen. God has chosen to put his name there, okay? To be able to see to see the fact that Nehemiah is a very, very special man, and he's living in a very, very special time. And I hope that you too can see as we go through here that it, it, it applies to, to our day, right? And, and so because it's, 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 so, it's so needed to have this along the way, to have the Word of God before us, these examples. And we're going to see some choice things as we go through here. So today we saw his prayer, how his prayer lined up praise before petition, right? And he's looking back at God's promises and acknowledging too, that we saw there at the end of verse nine, he's acknowledging that there is a name, there's a place which I have chosen to dwell there. So that's a beautiful thing to take today. Let's see here. Oh, Mike O'Brien, it is so good to see you. <laughs> I need to have you on, dude help with this but appreciate appreciate and certainly you know mike what prayer has been too and prayer has been something that has been um near and dear to me too in a more greater way as i've turned i know mike and i have both hurtled past into our 50s but we both have learned things in different ways and so with that may the lord bless you and keep you and let's look to him as we go through the book together shall we all right enjoy your coffee and may the lord be with you through the day